I'm Matt Weston. Tonight, I'm joined by the biggest, the fattest, the drunkest of them all, our good pal BFD. How are you doing tonight, man? I, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, it's uh, as somebody who already practices self-quarantine quite a bit, my life has not been upended very much, mm-hmm. but I wanted to give a shout out to all those who are listening in who have had a rough time. Uh, talked to a friend of mine who runs a Thai food trailer right up the street. Of course, that's right up my alley, right, y'all? And uh, I heard how bad he's doing. I left him a $20 tip on a $10 bill. And, um, you know, I my heart really goes out to all y'all who are who are struggling right now. So I just thought I'd throw that right out there to start this thing is um, much love to all y'all. Um, we'll, we'll get back at some point, but we need to stay safe. Yeah. Now, I, I'm the same thing here. Like, I haven't had any real misfortune except I can't go to the Mojave this weekend which I've been waiting to do for like eight months. So I'm heartbroken about it, but it's nothing compared to a lot of other people having to go through as well. And yeah, I guess it's just like staying indoors as much as possible and try not to get it. And then keep staying away from your geezers, make sure you don't get your geezers sick. And, uh, and then like, hopefully, you know, by you know, June or so, we'll be on the up again and we can enjoy our summers and have jobs again and make some money off this bad market. We can all buy into and wait for it to go back up. And, and I uh, just, I and really like the weirdest thing about it too. It's just like, I think we kind of taking for granted like how good our normal lives are. And so now we've seen this, it's kind of rechanged. I hope that it's, it's going to allow me for sure to at least take advantage, or at least like better understand like how good my day to day life is, you know, instead of be negative about things that really aren't even that bad at all whatsoever. And so I do think, I do hope for like us in general as people that we, there's a lot of good that comes out of this. Yep. It's, this is going to, this is a game changer in a lot of ways. And so we're going to need to adapt to it and, Mm-hmm. adapt or die yeah and i i mean we're recording this podcast i don't even know why we're doing it away because who knows maybe the the corona comes back in september and then you can't play football games or whatever in a stadium and who knows what's going to happen after that but uh hopefully everything goes well hopefully the the sun comes out and and uh makes the washes away the rain and sends the spider down the drain and everything you know that's what i'm hoping for oh my gosh but uh, and, like it's nine degrees right now. I don't think it even exists anymore. It's such a nice day. So, <laughs> oh, stop it. Science, <laughs> science does not agree with you. <laughs> I went for a run and it was like ninety, and I was dying. I'm like, oh, there's no way. Like everything was perfect and beautiful. It was like, yeah, this doesn't exist. Everything's perfect, you know. But I know reality's not actually like that. Uh, but did you know that Bill O'Brien has completely botched the 2020 off season? <laughs> Why, Big Matt? In fact, I, I did, did know that. I, I like that uh, PFF Houston came out with an article today and could not find the best move of the offseason. And that kind of, <laughs> to me, was like, yeah, duh. Yeah, what, what do you think was the best move of the offseason? Or do you want me to save that for the end? You want to think about it? Keep that in your brain. We'll, we'll try to remember to answer we'll, that one at we'll the end. We'll rattle that one around, sure. Um, yeah, I, one of my favorite things last year is I wrote that article that Brian Game botched the offseason. 
And there was like, you know, a hundred comments telling me I was wrong that, no, he didn't do that bad of a job. They're building for the future and this and that. And then he was fired, I think like three weeks later or so. (laughs) And uh, like, I mean, last year was a mess. Then Bill Bryan made this two very dumb trades to try to pace everything back together really quickly. And a lot of the moves they made to try to fix the offensive line didn't work at all either. And, you know, it just led to a cascading effect that kind of in a way led to DeAndre Hopkins get traded if you buy into this narrative that, you know, Bill Bryant had to make that trade because of a money perspective, which I don't, I don't Rubbish. buy entirely Rubbish. at all. But I do think for, in his mind, you know, getting a second-round pick was important because of the Tunsil and Watson extensions, which goes back to that trade last year. I'm still anti-Larry Tunsil, um, and I will be, even though he's good at like locking down Justin Houston. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it's really funny how much heat both of us took for saying it was just such a terrible offseason. I mean, you had so many people saying, yeah, but look, we, we took, you know, look at uh, it, look at this draft. This draft is amazing. I mean, we took Howard. We took Sharping. We took Lonnie Johnson. We took these guys. These are all future guys. But when it came to the end of the day, Titus Howard couldn't play left tackle. Max Sharping couldn't play right tackle. And Lonnie Johnson can't play football. <laughs> and so we, we took we, we took our first three draft picks and pissed them away. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying, okay. Look, Titus Howard, if you take him in the third round and you put him at left guard, great. Take him in the first round, expecting him to be a left tackle is a way overdraft. That's that's really blowing the, the pick. And so it was a horrible offseason last year. And right now, we've seen we we've done this moronic trade. Just just I I I've really struggled to find a worse trade that wasn't the Herschel Walker trade. But we traded DeAndre Hopkins, and and we've actively Bill O'Brien has actively made this team worse in the offseason. And I don't know how you do that. Like, how do you go out and say, "I want us to really suck next year"? <laughs> and that's what Bill O'Brien seems to have done, Matt. Yeah, it sounds like it really. It seems like entirely the entire offseason has been based around a culture, you know. But like, that's I like I I can understand a cultural change if you're a new head coach. But if this is year seven of your tenure and you're still pushing, oh, we're trying to build this, you know, this good, wholesome, Christian, smart, tough, durable culture, whatever, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's better to have good football players. And, you know, that video that Rivers pulled whenever he was talking about free agencies, like, yeah, you can't find value at all in the first day of free agency, which isn't true. Like, yeah, you have to pay more for players to get on your team, but it's the only way to improve your roster, especially on a team where you don't have any draft picks at all either. And, uh, and like there, he just has no idea how to assign value to anything. Um, did you see that video that Lonnie Johnson posted? I think it was today or yesterday where it's him doing footwork drills and it is like the most fundamental, like basic, basic. It's like, it's just like slowly shuttle steps, like through ladders, like one, two, one, one, two, one. Like he's going from like the very basic level of cornerback play to try to learn and improve this year. And I, he's going to be pro, like him, you know, and some other guys. I, we'll talk about a little bit later on the show uh, are going to be monumental for this team this year. But the idea for today's show is we're going to go back and rehash everything that's happened this last week in the offseason and all these moves that have occurred and kind of analyze what the Texans have done so far since free agency has pretty much kind of come to a standstill after that you know, first wave came crashing into the shore and um, has been nothing but very sad. You know, Jameis Winston's going to have to play in like I'm still I'm so upset about Tampa Town but um the first thing that happened this offseason was that Winnie Merciless was signed to an extension same to Brian Anger in week 16 and 
really, I think the mis- most bizarre thing that happened was you remember in week 16 where they didn't, they weren't able to complete the paperwork correctly for Brian Anger and right. they had to go back and redo the deal or whatever. I think that's the best m- metaphor of microcosm for this entire offseason where you have a, a guy who's the general manager who doesn't even have anybody who can even fill out the paperwork correctly, let alone do it himself correctly at all. And it's such a like haphazard, you know, Babe Ruth organization right now at the moment. Um, I know we talked about this before. I don't like the merciless trade. I don't like the merciless extension. I don't even like it. I like it a lot less even right now because he's going to have to win a lot of one versus one battles at the moment. And I like the anger trade. So uh, if we're going to give this a grade, I would give the merciless extension um, a C minus, and I would give the anger extension. I would give it an A. He was one of the best punters last year. Yeah, and let's extrapolate just for a moment. If we don't know how to do the paperwork, how are we going to scout players for the draft? I mean, what is it? What is that going to be composed of? Especially now that since you know, a lot of the stuff's going to be off, right? A lot of the meetings, a lot of the tri- private tryouts are going to be off now. How and, they, is- and the Texans love meetings and private uh-huh. workouts and getting to know a guy, and they base so much of their evaluation off those factors as well, too. And let's not even say Texans. It's Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien needs a Bill O'Brien guy. Like if if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you got too many baby mamas, then you're screwed, regardless of how talented you are. So, oh god, what? I don't have enough face palms. <laughs> I don't have enough hands to do the face palms. You should be an octopus. You should. Yeah, would be awesome. I'd squirt my ink and go. Wee! I wonder how much <laughs> LSD you have to take to become an octopus. You know. Probably I'm willing lot. to find out. Yeah, probably a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, so, so to get oh, hold on to get to my grades, so I'm getting my grades. I think um, Whitney Merciless is a solid D. I mean, this just it's it's not the the worst thing I've ever seen in the world. Like DeAndre Hopkins trade is an F. That's like a Z, really. And Brian Anger to me is a B or a C because I mean, here's the thing: punters from year to year. There are a couple of guys who are great, but otherwise they're pretty fungible. Why why go give that guy all that money? I don't know. I, I think he, they have one of the best punting units last year, and he was even better than Trevor Daniel was. And I don't know. He's he's good, you know. And they had good special teams again, and I'm fine with that one. Uh, what do you what do you prefer more? Do you like the Bill O'Texans or the Houston O'Briens? Which one do you prefer? I like the shoot me now. <laughs> no, I'm not going to use either of those terms. No. Okay. I did like calling the New England Texans for a while, and they've kind of oscillated from that as well, too. Did you also enjoy this offseason, how all these ex-New England coaches, Brian Flores, did the same thing, <laughs> and then you see Matt Patricia do the same thing, where it's like, oh, yeah, we have to get ex-New England players, you know? I just don't. <laughs> At least, like, Houston's moved past that. Like, they're done getting a bunch of New England guys. They've gone, they, like, they've settled past that stage of it all. Except from like the fact that you have Jack Easterby, you know, whispering Paul, whispering psalms in his ear uh, every single time he makes a free agent decision. You know, what was I can't remember. Matt Patricia said something that was really stupid, and I wish I could remember what it was, but it was something about oh, it was the the Lions had like the only off season that was worse than Texans was the Detroit Lions off season. It was Matt Patricia running that right, and so you know the only thing you know the thing those two guys have in common, Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, is they're both bill belichick disciples they haven't gotten the core understanding of what makes bill belichick special it's two things it's two things and this is really easy this is not difficult number one is having tom brady as your quarterback and number two is 
using your player's strengths versus your opponent's weaknesses. And it's like Patricia and O'Brien do not understand those core concepts. And it's just, to me, it's unbelievable that we see New England coach after New England head coach, or, you know, former, you know, former New England guy who goes off somewhere else, Josh McDaniels, whomever, and completely suck because they did not learn a thing from Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's a great point. I also think you can add the third thing too. This idea that culture doesn't matter. What matters are the other two things a lot more. And also understanding value as well too. Yeah. I got to understand the fact that like, you know, I could pay Trey Flowers $20 million a year or I can sign, you know, three other guys who can come in and do something similar or whatever, you know. Um, and then they're also like, they also have really great development too. And you look at Houston, Detroit, neither teams have done a very good job developing their own talent, their own high draft picks, you know. Yeah, because we got. Let's go back to Lonnie Johnson. I mean, you know, when Kareem Johnson, uh, Kareem Jackson, I'm sorry, came out, you know, his rookie year, he was playing on roller skates and couldn't do anything well. But at least he tackled. At least he was in the frame, right? And Lonnie Johnson doesn't give us either of those things. He's he's terrible inside and out. I don't know how he actually develops into a real cornerback in today's NFL. I think he's he's another guy you have to say, look, he can't cover. Let's just throw him at safety and see what he does. Yeah, maybe. He's a great athlete, and that's the only thing you can have for it. But, like, he's a great athlete. He doesn't know how to use his size at all. He doesn't know how to use his speed at all. And, like, I mean, even, like, his Kentucky video was really bad. Um, and, you know, Houston kind of came in a weird spot, too, where all the cornerbacks ahead of him were drafted. Like, there was, like, six cornerbacks drafted ahead of him in the second round. And by the time he, you know, that he, it, but at the time they drafted, he was kind of the last guy there, too. Um, the other thing I want to jump in just yeah. real quickly, and this is not fair, but Lonnie Johnson reminds me of Lonnie Ballantine. Yeah, I guess if Ballantine could run like a half a second faster and was four inches taller. Yeah, I mean, they're to me, they're the same guy. They look like the same guy out there. They're just it just drives me up the wall. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. I, I still hold out hope for Johnson just because you know, a lot of cornerbacks are bad their rookie year. And he's a great athlete, you know, and like you can't teach athleticism and it's just going to come down to coaching and be able to make him better. Uh, and hopefully him like playing a lot of hopscotch, you know, for a week <laughs> and, and all that will, will help him out too. But I mean, he's a guy also like his Kentucky video is bad and he was pretty much drafted because of athleticism. So Anthony Weaver is going to take over as the DC. Cornell is going to stay on as the, um, as like a, a special assistant or whatever. Do you have any better idea how Weaver's going to run this defense based off the moves they added? And do you feel any better at all about Weaver being the defensive coordinator? Like, have you read anything new at all about him since you know this decision occurred? Well, I'll just say uh, that I, I don't believe anything that I read in the offseason. I mean, this is the we're right now we're in the midst of the lying season, right? It's like this guy's in, the, you know, we're getting to that point. This guy's in its greatest shape ever. This is the best prospect I've ever seen. This guy's going to turn this team around. We're in the middle of the lying season. So I'm not going to say anything about what I expect this scheme to be until I see it day one. And what are we going to do? That said, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different from, from what Cornell does. I, I just really don't. I don't think you keep Cornell if it's going to be a radical change. Weaver came up under Cornell. We might do some things differently. But look, we resigned Whitney Merciless. We did that before, you know, Cornell retired, quote unquote. But we signed uh, Bradley Roby. I mean, what are we really doing different? Yeah, Personnel-wise, at least. I, I think the only thing they'll probably do different... I mean, they're, not, they're probably going to blitz more. Cornell had the ninth highest blitz rate, I think, last year. They're ninth or 10th, but they were like, you know, like 8 through 10 was all right around the same. Um, and so maybe they 
blitz the most in the league. Who knows what they do there? But I think they may play. They'll probably play tighter man coverage. I would guess they'll probably play less off man, and you'll see Gary and Conley get burned a few times, and then they may decide to change their mind after that. But yeah, I don't. I don't really see like it's the same defense again at the moment. You know, and Bubbles Hargraves is back. Yeah, and so like, the only thing Houston has really done this offseason is resign their own players. The Texans had twenty three free agents entering this offseason, and so far they've resigned thirteen of them. You know, Barcavis Mingo went to Chicago, which is you know very devastating. Um, Tyvon Jones went to Buffalo, which was yeah. I I still can't get over that last year, whenever Jones made that catch and broke that run, and they had the audacity saying press conference like, "Yeah, we really like what you know Tywan has to bring to the table." He had two catches the entire season. You've only used him on special teams. It was just Deshaun Watson being amazing, and uh, it's like they haven't really lost any players though. They've just kept everybody of their own guys. And the point that we made previewing the offseason, and I want to make sure it's reiterated again today too, is that the Texans last year, it was the first time Bill O'Brien had a positive offensive DVOA. It was 0.2%, and the Texans were 17th in DVOA last year in offense. And that's including all those assets into the offensive line, having all those uh, every all those receivers that they had, having Deshaun Watson in the third year of his of his life, I guess as a professional. You know, everything was set up for them to have an incredible offense and the guys that Bill Bryan had wanted. And seventeenth was the best they could come up with. And this is also a team too that was, you know, ten and six. And if we include the postseason, then they were eleven and seven. And they went nine and three in one score games last year. There were only two games that weren't one score, and that was against the Falcons and against the Jaguars in England. Every other game that they won, aside from that, was a one-score game. And this is a team that had to get better this offseason. And so far, their only two free agents they added were uh, Q Vale, Randall <laughs> Cobb, and Eric Murray. And this is a pass defense that was 26 in DVOA. That was the worst short pass defense in football by yards per attempt. And by taking that team, they just take the same team again and resign 13 of their same players again. And uh, of their 23 players they had, this offseason, and that includes, you know, Mike Adams, who retired this year, and Julio Adai, who doesn't have a job, and players like that, too. Um, so, re-sign Brandon Dunn, three years, $12 million. I would give this one, you know, a D, because you can find anybody to stop the run, and you don't have to pay a guy $4 million who can't rush the passer. And I know he played a lot of nose tackle last year whenever J.J. Watt got hurt, and he was okay at it, but he's not worth paying $4 million a year to at all. Just... For perspective, you know, I, I've been blogging about the Houston Texans since 2006. I mean, this is year, year 14 or 15. I can't remember how that works. That that I've been blogging about the Texans. And it's like you, you, you have different expectations, right? So when I started blogging about the Texans, we still had some really crappy coaching. And so the expectation was we were going to suck regardless. And then we hired Kubiak. And all of a sudden, things got turned around. You got excited about it. And Kubiak gets fired. And now we're in the seventh season, seventh season of Bill O'Brien. And somehow this king of mediocrity is now the GM. And it's so it's so befuddling to me. And he won't even we, he won't even say that he's the general manager either. He scoffs. Either. He scoffs at that. Oh my gosh. It's so frustrating. So again, expectations are really important. This is a team that has had that that when he got them had talent. And what we've seen is we've seen a train of that talent. Now, what we, what we saw to kind of counteract that was Deshaun Watson. So as we talk about these deals this offseason, let's keep in mind the expectations that when you go out and you sign Brandon Dunn to this contract, 
what does it do to actually improve the team? Like, like you're telling me there aren't 50, 60 guys who can do, who can't do what Brandon Dunn can do. I mean, there literally is, there are guys who can go sign off the street that can do the exact same thing that Brandon Dunn can do. I think, but I, without think the guaranteed money. I didn't think, I didn't think they could call Ryan Pickett back up and he'll be able to come out there for $500,000 a year, whatever the vet minimum is. And, Tia Ballas gives the job as Brian Dunn. If you give him an offseason. A couple of guys from the end. Well, you know, nose tackles don't really do very well uh, their rookie years. But there are tons of guys who do the same thing. And Brandon Dunn is so fun. He's like, like, when I look at running backs and guys like Brandon Dunn, these guys are all, you can swap out 50, 60 of the same guy. They're the same player. Who cares? Don't sign them to contracts like this. D. Yeah, it's not like DJ Reader, who's a guy who's like elite at doing something like this, you know. Um, yeah, I, next is Cammy Fairbairn, four years, seventeen point six five million. I would give this a C minus because it's insane how much money he got for being a very average kicker. He doesn't make anything over forty yards. He's whatever is an extra point kicker as well too. He gets kind of weird where he misses a string of kicks. Like he's fine. He's not like you know spectacular at all. And this contract also made him the the fourth highest paid kicker in football too at the same time. So like I understand resigning Fairbairn. I don't understand giving Fairbairn you know four point you know two seven million dollars a year whatever it comes out to. I give it a C. It's fine for the reasons that you said. I mean, either you trust him at fifty four yards or you don't, and Bill doesn't. Yeah, and it, yeah, that's a good way to put it. The next player, Darren Fells, two years, six point three million. I would give this a D because the only good thing about Fells is that he had some sort of like, you know, acumen with Watson where he knew how to find space and he rolled down those sorts of things. He was able to box out guys and catch touchdowns in the red zone. He caught seven touchdowns last year, which was four more than he's ever had any time else in his career. And uh, I read something, I read a comment that was like, well, you know, Desha- DeAndre Hopkins only had seven touchdowns Rivers was last year. Yeah, because they went to Darren Fells last season. Those touchdowns that Hopkins usually has just went to him. Um, but I, this is definitely a contract. And also, like, he can't run block. He can't pass block. He can't block all whatsoever. They use him as a focal point in the offense in their run game, which was dumb and didn't work at all. And then I this just seems like a guy who's going to have two touchdowns next year in the passing game because touchdowns typically you know vary highly year to year, especially if it's a guy who only has 30 catches or so. And so I think next year is going to happen and the year is going to end. We'll be maybe having the same conversation again in 2021 if uh, the world's still spinning. And we're going to be like, well, you know, fellas only had two touchdowns. What happened? And it's just going to be kind of simple mathematics, you know? Yeah, the crazy thing with Fells though, is that if you look at his career, is he's caught over the course of his career this is insane one or uh one out of six catches is a touchdown for him for his career and last year that was only it was one out of five so it wasn't even that much of an outlier for his rate it's just insane so he catches touchdowns i get it um i still would not have signed him to this contract again it's 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 what you have to do at the margins that's really important when you have a salary cap and when you sign guys like, like I'm okay-ish with the Fair Baron, but when you sign guys like Dunn, especially when you sign guys like Merciless, when you sign guys like Fells, you're hurting your marginal like areas. Yeah, and it, it's just bad decision making. There's, you know, to me, this is a D as well. Yeah, and well, it's also you know if you take the like we talked about this before, if you take 
done merciless and fells and combine them all together then you get um i'm, I'm trying yeah you can, but you have to trade maybe a second round pick for ngakwe or whatever i'm trying you can get like jadavion Clowney for example for that at the moment you right. know like you can combine those deals together and actually get cornerback play or or pass rushing help and help a section of the team that really matters or if you're going to claim that deandre hopkins isn't warranting a three million dollar pay raise there, there he is right there. He's Brandon Dunn. You know, there's your difference in salary right there for it, um, for the season. And the other thing I like about Fells as well, too, is I like the Jordan twins more just from an athletic standpoint. And I, li- I like Holly Waring. I like his rookie uh, you know, film a lot. And hopefully he plays this year. I don't think he's going to. They had like Houston Texans. It's been so funny, their you know, Twitter page, because it's just turned to the president's Twitter account. <laughs> Where every single person's now a Trump reply guy, where they post anything and it's you're a coward, you know, you're a bigot, you're terrible, I hate you, and uh, and they get ratioed everything they post, and they posted you know happy birthday, you know Kahali whatever, and <laughs> man he looks so hot, like I was like the sun was out, you know I, f- I felt good seeing a picture of a smiling face again. Yeah, and, and again it's it's. <sighs> Uh, what are we losing by signing a guy like Fells is what's going to happen to Waring. We're not going to carry four tight ends. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen with Waring? I mean, are we going to cut the guy after he was just a third round pick? Or are you going to cut one of the Jordan twins? It's the margin things are really important. This is how you make a good football team. And this is where the Texans are failing spectacularly right now. Yeah. And the other thing too, tight ends is, you know, times are kind of like cornerback where it takes a while for them to start to really excel in the NFL. Cause you have to learn the passing game and the blocking game. And like you're in year three for the Jordan twins, and you'd expect that you know, this would be the year they really kind of start to take off, or one of them would. And Akins is also like 28 years old already. You know, right. you think right. like if he's going to be a valuable contributor to the team, like now is the year for it to happen. And then you have like three lotto tickets a lot higher upside than Fells, and you probably even release Fells and then just sign him in, you know, whenever the season starts potentially or whatever, you know, or trade a seventh round pick for him if it came down to it. If you're if the the young guys don't work out, but maybe we'll see it happen when the summer happens. These young guys play really well, and he's an insurance policy, and they eat you know two million dollars of dead cap space because of it. Um, the other guy they resigned was DeAndre Carter, one year, seven hundred fifty k, eleven catches, fourteen targets, one hundred sixty two yards, fourteen point seven yards of reception. The worst fumble in Houston Texans history. DeAndre oh, no. Carter. I would give this a D. I don't know how he can how he can play Jacoby here Jones. again. Jacoby Jones. No, this one was a hundred percent worse. Oh no, Jacoby this Jones. one was not even close. We were never going to beat the Chiefs. They were never going to beat the Ravens with Yates. Yes, we were to beat the Ravens. Yates. Had, I think he. I think Yates <laughs> threw for ninety-one yards that game. He had three interceptions. Oh my god! And then Jacoby Jones goes to the Ravens after that game. Oh my god! I was so pissed. And off had two that. touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Right. I, oh. But I I still say the Carter one's worse just because the camera angle. It pops directly to Darwin right. Thompson and right. uh, you know preseason superhero Darwin Thompson. He doesn't even know what to do with the ball at all either. <laughs> right. It was it was a it was like Cloverfield. It was like Cloverfield or Wreck or Paranormal Activity. It was a found footage shot as well too. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I can't I can't watch him ever again though. I liked him in 2018, but I can't I can't do it ever again. Uh, my entire response is wanking motion to that one. So so a then. <laughs> I don't care. It's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Let a brother feed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next player they resigned linebacker Tyrell Adams one year contract. I personally don't like this because I would rather see Barcavius Mingo here again, and because uh, he's just gonna, he's just a special teams player, you know. And if Tyrell Adams is playing at all, hopefully it's because Houston's 
12 and four and they're playing the Jaguars in week 17 and it doesn't matter at all, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Next one. Uh, yeah. Philip Gaines, one year, $1.4 million. I give this one a C just because Gaines had one, one pretty okay game against the Colts in week five and the Texans secondary actually missed Philip Gaines last year after he was hurt. That's how bad it got for him uh, with his injury, Jonathan Joseph's injury. And then they had to just advert Hargreaves and trade for Conley after that to try and survive and find anybody in the secondary. Yeah, he, He's a body. That's all he is at this stage of his career. I think I'd have to look it up to verify. I think this is his magic age 30 season. Um, he has not, he has not produced in years. So as long as we set our expectation that he's not going to do anything, I think he's great. Yeah. I, it was just, it really was weird last year, like sitting there writing and typing a sentence the Texans actually missed Philip Gaines since he had his ankle injury or whatever. Uh, the next player they re-signed was Bradley Roby. Three years, $36 million. This is a, a move I probably would have given like an A- minus whenever it happened because it's like Roby for $12, year, $12 million a year is, is a steal. You know, cornerbacks are expensive. You know, Roby was the best player in the second or was the best cornerback they had last year. Um, he's not going to be the best corner on a good pass defense. But, like, he's he's good, you know, in a sense. And he can lock down the slot or be okay against their mobile wide receivers. He's not going to lock him by down. And then you saw the cornerback contracts come out this offseason. And nobody was really paid very much at all. Like, the market was really kind of stagnant for cornerback play. Mm-hmm. And so because you kind of – I thought this contract was going to be a really great value contract. And now after seeing what everybody else got this offseason, I would give it, you know, a B. Like, Roby's good. He's not going to be the best player – best corner on a good pass defense. But – He's good. It's fine, and it's a. It's not an awful contract at all. We're paying twelve million dollars. Twelve million dollars to a guy who's going to be okay, and I'm okay with that. So I mean, it's like C plus, B minus for me. If you set the expectation that he's not going to lock down any number ones, and he's probably not going to lock down any number twos, then I think you're you're making a safe bet. He's fine. He's okay. He's twenty eight. He's only got a couple years left. You know. Good for him. He got a nice contract, but it's it's not the best deal in the world, and it's not the worst. Yeah, I would have liked to see him play for a team with a really good secondary, you know, because uh, that's where he's best at. He's best as being like your third best. He's like he's an incredible number three corner that you have. He's not a an incredible number one cornerback on team, and that's what he's going to be doing in Houston. Yeah, and he's got, what are we going to put him? Are we going to put him inside? Is it going to be the slot, or is that going to be Eric Murray? Ooh, is Eric Murray on here? <laughs> Yeah, I can't we'll, wait to we'll talk get about to that one. I, I mean, I think oh. if, if he plays in the slot, it's a desperation sort of thing. I think they're going to try to play Hargreaves at the slot. They're going to try to play Gary and Conley at the slot, maybe, and leave him outside. Who's so Lonnie Johnson? Oh God, really? Yeah, that, I mean, I think Lonnie has to play. Has to be your number two corner. Like for Houston's pass defense to improve next year, Lonnie has to be good next season. <laughs> like I he hadn't has really to register that. I hadn't. Wow, that's LOL stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the way the roster is right now, unless and unless they draft a great corner this draft, which again, cornerbacks typically aren't good their rookie year. It usually right. takes them two years or so. Um, and so I'm not even expecting much from Lonnie until year three, if he ever does anything at all, even because of that. The next player they resigned is Vernon Hargreaves. I'll give this move a C only because they released him and were very smart. Well, not very smart. They did the surefire thing. They didn't screw it up. They released him, didn't pay him his fifth year contract, which would the fifth year of his rookie contract, which would have been like you know ten point eight million dollars. 
great job. They cut him. They signed him for one year, you know, and some change. Uh, whatever. Man, we'll see what he does in training camp. I'll give this one a C just because they released him and they were smart to create $10 million in cap space by doing so. Yeah, this one goes under Wes. I mean, he's got he's not going to offer us anything. He's going to be as bad as he was last year. He's he's a bust. Yeah, and I think even last year he was better than I was expecting him to be, but he still was bad, you know? All right. <laughs> it's like the dog only peed on the floor, didn't poop on the floor while you were doing <laughs> Talking about my son. <laughs> Anyway, they re-signed Robert Johnson one year, one point seven five million. Uh, I may give this a B just because they should have tendered him and they could pay him a cheaper contract to begin with. They did so, and so they decide not to test the swing tackle market. And if you want to do something funny at all, go to Spot Rack and look at the free agent tackles remaining, and it's awful. Like there's there's yeah. nobody at all, and Johnson was the best player available. Um. And so, yeah, like I give this a B, but they should have tendered him. And I do think he could be a, a competent tackle. Like he's a really good second level blocker in the run game. He's a pretty good outside zone blocker. He just doesn't know how to pass it all that well. And the problem is that you have Mike Devlin coaching him and he hasn't made anybody good except for like Nick Martin's been was better last year than he's ever been before. But he's paid $10 million to be like the 13th best center in football. Um, but yeah, I don't like Devlin, you know, and I don't know. We'll see what happens with Roderick. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm a big, you know, Johnson fan raising and, uh, you know, I would have loved to maybe have tied him up for a couple of years, make him the Chris Clark replacement. Let's just, you know, let's just get him on the roster. Let's show him some love and let's give him some work. Um, I, I really like the dude. Yeah, me too. I, again, like his second level run block slash in the outside zone game, there hasn't been a Texan do that since you know, Dwayne Brown, really. Because, like, Tensel doesn't make those blocks a lot much because they usually run to his side, and he just kicks out defensive ends over and over again. But, if you like, a lot of, like, their good cutback runs were usually because Johnson did a good job reaching the backside linebacker on outside zone plays. I don't get the hate for Johnson. I don't. Yeah, anyway. I don't know. He, I mean, he was a better outside zone blocker than Tyus Howard you know, was last year. Yeah, got yeah. better feet. Yeah, I mean, and Howard's like, Howard has Pro Bowl potential, but he was he was bad last year, you know? Like, if you watch the film, it's like he's wide and he's strong and he moves well, but he just doesn't know how to pass that and he doesn't understand the fundamentals. And he can learn it and become a really great player, but that's there's a big if involving uh, Titus Howard. Right. Um, next player here, they re-sign long safety John Leakes. He's going to become the longest tenured Houston Texan. And what's funny here is the contract is dated as 323 he signed it, but they officially extended him, I think, like the end of January. So it took him like three and a half weeks for them to get the paperwork to go through for this one-year contract they got John Weeks for. So, I don't know. It seems like more you know, administrative errors over there. <laughs> I'm good with Weeks. Weeks does not make errors. You know, he does not screw up. So I'm really great with this. Keep him around. I mean, let him keep snapping footballs into the shopping carts. Yeah. Um, hey, I'll give this one an A. They re-signed A.J. McCarron one year, $4 million. Uh, you know, I, I've said this multiple times, but you know Bill O'Brien wants so badly to start A.J. McCarron at quarterback. <laughs> like, you know that he would love to win games 24-16 to 16 with McCarron at quarterback and go 9-7 and seven and then just get, you know, his brains kicked out of his skull against the you know, Baltimore Ravens in the divisional round or, or the wild card round, this hypothetical scenario, which makes more sense. It'd be the wild card round for sure. 
having AJ McCarron on the roster genuinely scares me because you you know this is true. Mcarron is tall and he's white. And he's and maybe and he's I smart. Went there, he's smart. And I went there and he, he's smart. He's smart. And he's a limited athlete, a limited player, but he's smart. He can he he can like uh get the paperwork done on time. He can fold he can do Kinda his laundry. Guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's tough. He's smart. He's dependable. Oh, crap. He, he scored a touchdown on the first drive in his only start. And Deshaun Watson, 16 games, did that once. Who's the better quarterback? Who's the better quarterback? Yeah. So it's terrifying having McCarron on the roster. And the other thing that's, that's terrible about this signing, and I've said this for years, is you want to have a backup who matches the skill set of your starter. And this is a just, just striking difference because you have to change the playbook. I mean, your playbook is totally different. You cannot do things with A.J. McCarron that you can with Deshaun Watson. So having a guy like McCarron on your roster and making that active decision sends off like every red flag that I have that that you know that Bill O'Brien's probably, when he goes to sleep at night, he looks up and there's this A.J. McCarron poster on his ceiling. That terrifies <laughs> me. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine going to sleep and the last thing you see is A.J. McCarron. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I you think skip, it was. You skip Cuvail, by the way. Yeah, I'm gonna get to him. Well, he's he's oh, a free okay. he's a free agent. Yeah, I've, speaking oh. of that poster, I think it was like I don't know. It was I moved to a new house and I I one roommate at the time and I went to the flea market to try to find some stuff for it. And one of the things I found was this like leopard that was kind of hairy. It's a really bizarre thing. It's in my garage, but I found like seven Mary J. Bly posters for a dollar, and so I just <laughs> hit them all over the house around places and. I put one in the ceiling of my roommate's bedroom. So I went to sleep that last, that night and looked up at his wall, his ceiling and saw, you know, Mary J. Blige up there, which I couldn't think of a better thing to see before you go to sleep, you know? And she had one of those cool belts that was like a bunch of hoops, a bunch of golden hoops that made the entire belt. 2003 was a oh wild gosh. time, you know? It was like Need for, it was like Need for Speed Underground 2, you know, st- sort of style. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I give the McCarran signing a D. I give it a D. Uh, they should have signed PJ Walker. That'd have been a lot more fun. Like not even close. Heck to the yeah. Uh. And I also want to say shouts out to everybody. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably very smart. Already understand this and everything, and you probably won't receive the warmth of uh, this blessing. But shouts out to everybody who under who figured out how you know short side limiting of a play caller Bill Bryan is by watching PJ Walker and June Jones and the Houston Roughnecks last season. I really, I really love everybody like slowly having an epiphany. Watching like, oh, you can throw the ball thirty-five yards on first and ten at the forty-yard line and run a play-action pass, and it works. And he's throwing like Sammy Coates or whatever, you know. Yeah, but uh, I'm like, I'm happy for all them. I'm like, we're, anytime we're you can too smart learn. dudes. I'm just saying, we're too smart dudes. We've been saying this for years that you can actually do things more than run the ball up the middle on first down and second down for sure. And this yeah. is like the bottom level of. NFL analysis, you know, but we found that at least we found that. Um, so the trade, they trade no. DeAndre Hopkins no. for David We're not Johnson. About this ever they, again. I, I still can't believe the thing. I can't believe even more too. They swap fourth round picks with them, right. like to have the audacity to even <laughs> throw that one in there too. Like it's, it's um, it's it's the most. I think it's the most unbelievable part of that trade. Uh, and the Texans got David Johnson, who is tough, smart, and dependable, and the fourth overall pick. Since this trade has happened, have you been able to find a silver lining in this trade? 
this hopefully is the trade that gets Bill O'Brien fired. That's the only silver lining I can find in it. Because that you, you mentioned that the fourth round, the swapping the fourth round picks is killing me dead. It was like, <laughs> I've already got you over the barrel. And I'm just right now, I'm just going to rub salt into the wound. And that's all that was. Wow. It kind of reminds me of, it reminds me of, have you ever seen Harold and Kumar? I think it's the second one, maybe the first one. Where that like backwoods guy like fixes his car oh. and takes him to the house and like feeds him dinner. He's like, yeah, you can have sex with my wife now. The fourth, the swap in the fourth round pick is having sex with his wife, you know? That's do right. everything else, give him everything possible, and you get to do this as well too. I know what I'm going to watch tonight. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very good movie. It's a good Excellent. movie. Uh, hopefully we can have Dyer Chris on soon too so he can give us some, some quarantine movies to watch. I, and I've, we talked about this on the podcast earlier this week when we kind of went over the NFL offseason in general. And that, that's exactly what I said as well, too. But the silver lining for this trade is that one thing as a fan base, it's kind of opened everybody's eyes that O'Brien's a bad GM and he's a, you know, if you want to say he's a mediocre head coach, I can, you know, give you that if I am sleeping, you know, if I've had enough sleep or whatever and it's nine degrees and, you know, my sleeves are ripped off my shirt. But, I would say he's, you know, like the 20th best head coach and he's, you know, he's slightly below mediocre, uh, but he's an awful GM. And I think this trade has opened up eyes to everybody for that. And hopefully this is the decision that finally gets him fired and finally gets us to move on and go sign Eric B And then we can finally have, you know, nice things and, you know, enjoy our football team again. Just imagine Eric B and Deshaun Watson together. Yeah, it's Just beautiful. Im- uh, Matt, I, I've got to go. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go, I got to go wait to this at this point. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's what it's like. The, he's the guy I want for sure. If they do, if they are able to, you know, the bomb does fall out. Because again, like they're not going to go nine and three one score games next year. The schedule is incredibly tough again next year. They have an awful pass defense that's pretty much banking on, you know. And I don't want to ruin that. We'll save that for a second. But uh, like that's the only silver lining to this trade is that that could possibly happen. And like, I also didn't really realize how bad David Johnson was until I've watched the film. Cause like, yeah, he gets like 15 fantasy points. And I didn't know really, I stopped watching the Cardinals after they won. They beat all those bad teams. Like, yeah, they're the best bad team last year and they were fun. And then you start watching Kenyon Drake and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> this, they play two different sports, but um, yeah, I, I no, but Ken, Kenyon Drake wasn't even the best running back on the team. And I'm whiffing on the guy's name. Well, Chase Edmonds wasn't. Chase Edmonds. Oh my God. Can you Drake? Blast. Well, Drake was better than Edmonds. Edmonds is like the perfect. He's like what you want Tyler Irvin to be. Like right, he's the right. best type of third round, third down back you could have. You know. He is so much fun. Yeah, you can't run between the tackles at all, but everything outside the tackles, he's great at. Oh my gosh. Yeah, anyway. he, they've been better off getting Chase Edmonds in this trade than David Johnson. Uh huh. And that's that create what nine that would create nine million no that would create like twelve million dollars in cap space this year as well. It would have created. Who cares? Because you just traded DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> for a, a good running point. back. Um, and the other thing I was saying about too about this trade, it's like I I'm disappointed myself that I didn't fully enjoy the time with DeAndre Hopkins because I was so wrapped up in <laughs> these quarterbacks suck. This team is you know not that much fun to watch because of Bill O'Brien and like Watson. I mean Hopkins was the one saving grace until. You know, Watson came around. Like he carried offenses with awful quarterbacks for you know three straight. I guess three straight years until Watson came around. And you can even say four if you include Tom Savage taking over for the five games that Watson played that year. But like I was, you know, so wrapped up with like you know analyzing the team and writing about the team and watching video, like all the numbers that from like a pure football fan standpoint, I feel like I didn't really get the chance to 
um, enjoy Hopkins by you know faults of my own. And uh, man, he was really good, like really good. But who saw this? Who who saw trading DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of used toilet paper? Yeah, like, nobody saw this coming, and it's just like it, it's still unbelievable to me. It's still how can <laughs> anybody be this stupid? I think Z is the is the we have to create like this trade is five standard deviations from the mean. Like we have to create a whole new distribution system to be able to grade this one, but uh we'll give it a Z. So for free agent ads, the team added safety Jalen oh, Watkins, God. two years, three million dollars. Uh I think he's a brother of Sammy Watkins. He's related to Sammy Watkins somehow. What do you think about this one? He's a good special teams guy. He's <laughs> You know, it's one and a half million a year. I don't think there was anything guaranteed on this one, so I'm fine with it. A B. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a C. I, the one thing I think has been good about this team is since the special teams are awful, and that I think it was 15, maybe it was no, I think it was 17 was the last year the special teams were really bad. They've done a good job finding guys who play special teams only at the kind of expense of having a bunch of guys who can do other things. You know. Um, you can affect the roster. You kind of lose kind of like your young developmental prospects as well too by signing guys like Watkins to only do one thing. But yeah, it's fine. The next player here is Randall Cobb. Three years, $27 million. He received a little bit more than $10 million guaranteed. This is his age 30 season. Last year, he had negative DVOA. He caught 55 of his A3 targets for 828 yards. He had 5.1 yards of reception, which was a career high for him. 15. He, yeah, 15.1. And he had about six yards after the catch. This was his best season since 2015. And kind of like David Johnson, he's had one really great year. And Randall Cobb's really great year came in 2014, which was, you know, six years ago. Um, so what grade do you give the Randall Cobb ex- uh, signing here? This is a D. This is a terrible freaking deal. I, I just don't even understand. I, what is his role going to be on this team? Replace Kiki Cutie. And run a lot of drag routes. And he's now he's slow and he can't create space very often. This is a stupid, this is a really stupid signing. I just, I, this one really got me fired up when I saw that because this is supposed to replace DeAndre Hopkins, right? This doesn't replace Hopkins in any way, shape or form. Randall Cobb was done three years ago. Like this, this contract that we gave him was an absolute joke. I don't care if it's only 10 million guaranteed. It's a joke. I don't, he has nothing to this offense. He has nothing to a team. Oh my God! What the hell is Bill O'Brien thinking on this one? <laughs> yeah, I would give it a D as well too. And I, I kind of think like with this signing and the David Johnson trade, they were just like he was trying to find players, so he just pulled open Rick Smith's old files and was like he pulled a scouting report from each player that Rick Smith filled out, you know, three years ago or or filled out two or had it had it updated in you know three years or whatever. Because that's the only way either one of these contracts makes sense. Because like, again, David Johnson hasn't been good in four years. And he had one really great season. You know, Cobb has to have one really great season. He hasn't been good in five years. And uh, and I, I do think this is going to be a cutie replacement, which is unfortunate because cutie is a really talented player, but, you know, he just isn't enough of a Bill O'Brien guy. For whatever reason, O'Brien hasn't been able to, you know, get much out of him um, in this offense, you know. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that Garrett and, God, is it Dallas OC? It's not Linehan anymore, is it? No, it's Moore. Moore, that's right. They were able to scheme Cobb open a lot, which is why he had that high uh, yards per reception. Bill O'Brien can't do that. Randall Cobb cannot separate anymore. 
So you he, got Bill O'Brien. He didn't run out to the flat for four yards. <sighs> so can Daniel <laughs> Fells. <laughs> so can Ryan Griffin. For sure. So can CJ oh, Fedorowitz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what. God, this is sometimes it's just kind of defeating because you can see that Randall Cobb's just going to be kind of trying to run these these the DeAndre Hopkins part, the Hopkins and Fuller combinations, and you're going to see him, you you know, limping his way up the field while Fuller's kind of kind of streaking on a uh, streaking on a deep cross. And look, this is a really poor Andre DeAndre Hopkins replacement. This is like beyond. Oh, well, and gosh. I don't I don't even look at him as a Hopkins replacement either. I look at him as a cutie replacement. You look at him as a slot guy. You yeah. think we're gonna put stills on the outside? Yeah, for sure. Uh I think yeah, I like this is a cutie replacement. Yeah, Robbie Anderson signed today with Carolina, two years, twenty million dollars. That would have been a much better player to sign. Much better. Uh, even though, you know, Anderson has injury issues, he's a like a legitimately talented receiver and a really great athlete. And I saw some like the Texans are potentially linked to Paraman. Which I don't, I don't see that happening at all. But like Perriman, you could kind of see more as like he's a he's a downfield receiver. You know, he kind of has a limited route tree, but that'd be interesting. You know, but he's he he's interesting in an offense that will use him in a vertical sense. And the Texans will have entire games for Watson doesn't throw passes over fifteen yards. Um, so I don't know if if they run different offense, that'd be interesting. But I don't see it. So I give this one a D as well. To so for their pass defense this year, they've added. Watkins and Eric Murray, and that's it. Everybody else here is the exact same for the 26 ring pass defense by DVOA. And Eric Murray received a three year contract, three years, 18 million, 10.75 million guaranteed. I'm speechless at this Eric Murray signing. Absolutely speechless. He, he can't cover. He's a good tackler. He's a pretty good tackler. He can't cover. And we just gave him. Ten point seven five million guaranteed to do what exactly? <laughs> so, so is he going to play safety? Is he the third safety? Is he the second safety? Now? I think he's the third safety. He's going to be. It, ju- it's going to be Jaleel Adai. Is what he's going to be. Didn't we pay uh, Adai the veteran minimum? Yeah, last I, think he, year? I think he was paid like one point two million last year. Wow, I, I don't have the words. I don't have the words. And, and who who was bidding? Who was really? Like going after Eric Murray for that kind of money. Was there anybody else going after him for that kind of money? No, I, nobody was. I didn't even know. I like I wa- I watched a ton of Chiefs video last year, and, or like over the like past two years or so, and uh, I have I'd never even have heard of this guy at all. I've never I, heard of him before. And like and so, yeah, of course, like you know, I'm not a professional football Ryan man who spent all my time watching football. But if a guy's gonna make you know 10.5 million guaranteed. Or ten point seven five million guaranteed. I usually know who those players are who get paid about this much. I've never heard of this guy at all whatsoever. This is the second worst move that we made in the offseason. The only thing that was worse than this was DeAndre Hopkins trade. This is just such a stupid on every level level of stupid signing. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't. The guy was terrible last season. He was terrible as a chief. Yeah. Oh my god. And I know everybody in Cleveland didn't like him either. The one thing I don't, I'm, I may give this an incomplete grade on my end because I've never watched him play. I've read Rivers' article, and I mean, it's like, there's, it's fine. Like you mentioned, he's a good tackler and he can kind of run laterally a little bit. The one thing that hurt my feelings about this deal was Carl Joseph went to Cleveland for one year, two and a half million dollars. Right. Like right. that's the guy who you want to be your third safety, a guy who's been an incredible talent when he's healthy, 
who you can play in a third safety role, who you don't have to worry about getting banged up as much potentially because he's only going to play you know 30 snaps instead of 55 snaps a game or maybe even 20 snaps a game or whatever. And uh, that would have been a much better player. And then you save, uh, by signing him, you save you know $4 million as well too in cap space. And again, like there's a margin difference. And whenever you keep signing players for contracts rather than they were, they're worth, it adds up. And now you're paying in excess of a whole Pro Bowl caliber player um, contract salary to guys like Merciless and Dunn and Fells and Murray. And it all adds up really quickly, you know? It's like Rivers' article said. Uh, so Rivers uh, McNown, our old friend. He's a current this friend. Is all... He's a current friend. He talks well, to us. Yeah, he does. But it's um, it's all about projection. It's all about what do you think Eric Murray can do? The best thing about Eric Murray is that he's 26. That's it. That's like <laughs> the top and the bottom of the best. The dude has tight hips, super tight hips, cannot move very well in space. Again, he's a willing tackler, so that's great. He's not huge. He's 5'11", 200. I mean, the dude was a fourth-round pick and has barely seen the field over his uh, first four years. This is not a signing that makes any sense. So what grade do you give it? This is this is an F. This is I mean if it's the Andre the Andre Hopkins trade was a Z, this is an F. Okay, I'm gonna give it again. I'm gonna get inconclusive because I haven't personally watched this guy play. Uh, I just I mean looking at the safety market, though, like Adrian Phillips seems like a better option than Eric Murray, and he signed one year, you know, four and a half with New England, and like it just seems like there are better options out there available. Um, and I'm not Joseph gonna, Phillips. I mean, all yeah. those guys. Adrian Phillips is a great safety. I mean, when he's healthy, he is very, very good. And even Rashad, uh, Rashad Jones got cut. He doesn't have a job. Maybe he can be there. He's a former Pro Bowl safety. Who can 31, give like him the that. money. Yeah. yeah, give him a one-year contract or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to watch film with Eric Murray. There's no. there's better things to do. The weather's <laughs> nice, you know. I'm glad I'm glad Rivers did that. You know, he's a braver soul, a stronger man than I am. Um, and now the last signing here, the last thing the Texans have done Assign Brent Cuvale to one year contract. What do you give this grade? I just don't even. I mean, it's it kind of like Eric Murray. I knew that he existed, but I didn't care, kind of thing. He's a great pro football reference picture. <laughs> he, he looks like the, like he looks like the NPC that guards the entrance to a cave oh in my like gosh. Might and Magic Seven, you know. <laughs> I did not notice that, to be very it's honest. It's good. It's worth checking out. Yeah. So, I don't, I mean, everything I heard about this guy is that he almost killed Sam Darnold this preseason, um, that he's bad, and he's going to compete, I guess, with Robert Johnson for the swing tackle spot. So, I don't know. I guess this one inconclusive because I don't know anything at all about him. Oh, God. He does look, he's like, is that mean? He's like Neanderthalic. Yeah. Big forehead, yeah. big jaw. Yikes. <laughs> he looks like one of the bikers in True Detective Season 1. <laughs> nice. So what's your overall season grade? What's your overall off-season grade so far? F. I give it an F I, as well. I mean, this is just... This is back-to-back historically awful off-seasons by the Texans, and I just don't think you can say anything good about it. I mean, you can't. you can't look back at 2019 offseason and say it was good in any way you can't look back at the 2020 offseason and look back and say it was good in any way 
we might have gotten Tunsil, but we have had so many. The fallout from the Tunsil trade alone seems to be getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins because Brian Gain couldn't handle his his stuff during the 2019 draft. It, this is embarrassing. I mean, this franchise right now is is downright embarrassing, and I. I struggle to find any positives in what we've done over the past two years overall, because I, what do you go back and look at? What do you go hang your hat on? Like the last thing this team did decently was to draft Reed. And it's like everything else has been trash. Yeah. I think if you, with the context involved of the Sharping and Howard picks, I think so as well. Like Sharping's was a good guard last year. Like he's going to be a good zone, some scar guard potentially, but uh, because you drafted him to play tackle and he didn't led to the Tunsil trade. But yeah, I I think drafting Reed probably is the last really good thing they did. And that's 2018. Yeah. And that was Brian Gain. So do you think Bill O'Brien's a worse GM than Brian Gain? Oh, yeah. I, I don't even have a doubt at this point. I think... I, who Who's going to actually draft guys on draft day? I mean, Bill O'Brien's never run a, a draft before. Who's going to do things? Does he know what the hell he's doing? Who's scouting? What if they don't get the pick in? Would that surprise you? No. They can't get the paperwork in otherwise. Yeah, I could see that <laughs> happening 100%. They don't know they're on the clock. Or they're like, they don't know who to pick because they haven't talked to any of these guys yet. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so the one thing I wanted to bring up before we talk about best available free agents, and it's just that the pass defense, like that was the big need this offseason. And they've added Watkins and Eric Murray to it. And like the only way I can see the pass defense improving next year is if Watt plays 12 to 16 games. If, and I, and like, even with Watt, like I wouldn't, I would only play him in pass down situations. I wouldn't even put him out there against the run, against run situations at all. Unless like it's late in the game, you need to stop or whatever. I would for sure, uh, for sure. I would limit the number of snaps he plays to try to keep him as healthy as possible. Winning Merciless has to start winning pass rush matchups one versus one, which is something he's never really done in his career. Lonnie Johnson Jr. has to be a competent number two cornerback. Eric Murray has to be a great third safety. Charles Omane, who has to be more than an interior pass rusher. And then, I don't know, like all, all five of those things I think have to happen next year for them to even be like a mediocre pass defense. They are going to be trash. That defense is going to be trash. I think it's it, gonna, I, I think it could be like 27, 28th, 30th. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a bomb five pass defense next year. Oh, yeah. They're going to be absolutely terrible. And without Reader there in the middle, we're not even going to stop the run anymore. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I mean, Reader's very underrated. So I think he's underrated as a run defender even. Because, like, again, he played a lot of 3-4 defensive end last year and still impacted every single play even from the backside and stuff. Uh, I think Merce, I think McKinney and Cunningham are so good that they can make up for, you know, even if it's mediocre for still playing the run game. But they they probably should be at least mediocre again next year, I think. Uh, so the right now, over the cap says $34 million in cap space. Spot Rack says $35 million in cap space. So the Texans could potentially, you know, use this money to extend Tunsil right now or extend Watson right now, or they can maximize the season as much as possible and try to save things and sign some more players. Um, now that the first wave of free agency is over, are there any players available right now that you really want to see Houston go after, aside from Jadavion Clowney, because that's never going to happen? No. You just you, you took out my guy. Clowney, Clowney's the only guy who we can add to this team who's going to really add value. The only other guy I would consider... It's a bit weird, and he's not going to do it because he's going to go to San Diego as Cam Newton as the backup quarterback. 
Oh yeah, he may go. Yeah, he may go to L.A. instead of Tyrod Taylor. Did I say San Diego? I yeah. always do. He could go to yeah. Miami as well too. Yeah, yeah, he could do that. Yeah, San Diego. I think. Uh, I'm sorry, the Chargers are going to get him. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd be for that. I just want to see Cam Stargan somewhere. Hopefully, he's healthy again. You know, he passed the physical. Well, good. Because I mean, last yeah. year it was just—I mean, he had—he was the most inaccurate quarterback I saw last year, and it was because his foot was all screwed up. You know, right, right. Yep, he couldn't land. Um, I—I I like Jabal Sheard a lot. I'm hoping Jabal Sheard. I really am. I'm really holding out for Jabal Sheard. I think Shelby Harris would be good if they cut Angelo Blackson. Um, and then I still think they need another cornerback. Like Logan Ryan was mediocre last year. He like did a lot of everything. That again, like the Titans cornerbacks are hard to evaluate because their pass rush was so bad last season. And so I think Logan Ryan would be good on a one year contract, give him ten million dollars or whatever. And so then you at least have Roby and Ryan, and then you can figure it out from there and let you know break the uh, stick in half and hand over to Johnson and Conley and Hargreaves and Philip Gaines and uh, whoever else they have out there that may be possibly missing. But I I mean there's still like ways to fill in the cracks. There's value available. But yeah, it's not going to be a, a like the opportunity to have an incredible improvement's kind of gone now. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that the Titans have not gone after Clowney more forcefully. Really am. I hope he goes there. I hope he doesn't go to the Colts. If he goes to the Colts, I'll be sick. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see Clowney in Tennessee. Ouch. <laughs> so our listener questions for tonight. The first one's from at Carlos Flores or at CLF nine six one two zero five. All this hubbub about O'Brien's been exhausting. Now that's been a day or two. Does all this have a tinge of spy attached to it? I like to imagine O'Brien's from the heel after the "you suck too" incident. I've been very clear of my feelings of Bill O'Brien for about three years now. I think he's terrible. I think he goes completely by. I think his entire like persona is still by the um, got uh, hard take hard hard knocks yeah thing. I, I still think he completely exists off that. He's terrible. He's a terrible GM. He's a terrible head coach. No, he's get rid of him for crikey's sake. Get rid of this dude. <laughs> uh, there is whenever they were on hard knocks. Deadspin, they wrote about it. One of the things they said was like, yo, Brian just seems like a guy who shouldn't be cussing, but wants to be cool and tough. So he cusses a lot, but doesn't really know how to do it at all. And I think that's right. probably the best way to describe him. I like the idea too of the fans creating their, a new football franchise and moving it right next door to Houston and calling themselves, you know, like I don't know, the Texas Houstons and building a spite franchise. Like they had the spite store and curb enthusiasm this season. God, I hate that dude. He's been <laughs> terrible for years. And and everybody's head well, not everybody. A lot of people have had their head in the sand about it. He is terrible. Ugh. <laughs> if O'Brien's alias this is from Uprooted Texan ninety nine. If OB's alias for being general manager is William O'Brien, what is his alias for being the Texans PR manager who is trying to spin DeAndre Hopkins who is trying to spin the DeAndre Hopkins trade because lest we forget Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins because he's a goddamn idiot. Um, God. Muhammad Saeed Al-Sa'af. That's who he is. That works he out. Was the guy, yeah, he's, he was the Iraqi guy who kept saying, nothing's going on. Nothing's happening here. That's that's who he is. Or, uh, 
Or if the, y'all are old enough to remember who that is. Yeah, I don't remember him. Or kind of like how China is saying there's no more uh, coronavirus there right now. And I don't believe it. I think there's still coronavirus <laughs> there right now. God. Yes, there is. Yeah. Good old. Um, so the next question. is hard, y'all. <laughs> next question is from uh, a good friend of mine, at Schmidt 723 Your favorite Houston Texans signing so far? Is that like ever or this offseason? This offseason. What's your favorite one? Crap. Uh, I personally, I'd say Bradley Roby. I think he's the best one so far. I think he's it. It's, he's like wins by default. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Um, the next one's from at Texans underscore thoughts. Does Bill O'Brien even qualify for a pro football focus grade at this point? <laughs> yes, he does. What would, what would his pro football focus grade, oh, grade be? Fartball. Oh, dude, that's not cool. Well, that's, that's what I call it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but what is this? what would you give his pro football focus grade this offseason? It's an app. It's well, like, it, has, well, it's a, it has to be a numerical grade. It has to be like 40.6 or you know, 72.1. Oh, all right, I see what you're saying now. Oh, uh, that's right. So, so if you're PFF, so what was funny is Houston PFF, the Twitter handle came out with an article. To, I think it was today that basically said, "Here are Houston's best moves, and there are none." So, if I were <laughs> grading Bill O'Brien for this off season, I would say it's a zero point zero. That works out. I would give it a, a zero point seven because the Bradley Roby signing. And uh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll give it zero point seven. The next question is from at Houston Diehards. Who is worse at their job, Bill O'Brien, the general manager, or Ron Glump, head of the coronavirus task force? <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna say O'Brien because the situation going on is not anything anybody's ever seen before or has been prepared for at all whatsoever, and nobody has any idea what they're doing at all or what's going on with it. Uh, so I can give some benefit of doubt with that. So I would say O'Brien. I'm going to go with the, the other guy. Right. I, I think it was foreseen. I think it was on a lot of people's radars and it was ignored. Yeah, I'm just talking about just a pandemic in general. Like, we haven't had one in, we haven't had anything like this in 100 plus years. But we have. I mean, but none, none of the other stuff has really been, had like a mortality rate or anything like this or spread like this, you know? Yes. So. I'm just smiling. I'm just sitting here. I'm smiling at, at Matt as we're on, you know, we're on camera with each other. I'm just smiling and that's fine. There, there, is there is a warning. There is a warning. Next one's from at smooth grandma. What is the over under wins though that would take for O'Brien to get fired? I, I don't think there is. I, I, I honestly, I'm at the level of frustration. I think O'Brien could go own 16 and he would say, Oh, it's because of coronavirus. And Cal McNair would go, Oh, Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> he check his bank account. They're like, yeah, who, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that can happen to Bill O'Brien at this point. I, I don't think Bill O'Brien could go out there in a clown suit every day, and as long as Cal McNair's check account looks good, he wouldn't care. I, I honestly do not believe there is a breaking point. That's why you see me, BFD, on Twitter every day when the Houston Texans account puts out a post, I am dragging it because – Somebody somewhere has to make Cal McNair, you know, aware that 
he sucks at, at being an owner that that bill o'brien sucks i don't think anything bill o'brien could do to get fired it's so ridiculous i mean the second that the andre hopkins was traded bill o'brien should have been perp walked right out the door and the trade should have been reversed it is that bad yeah yeah i i, I don't know like, even going to last season i was expecting the team to miss the playoffs and be mediocre and I thought for sure Brian kind of fired Brian Gay to kind of leverage the situation as well. He can blame it on him that he had the bad offseason. That's why the team was you know, mediocre last year. And that didn't work out because that didn't happen because Watson was you know, spectacular and one of the five best quarterbacks in football last year. And so, I mean, I don't know. Like if they miss the playoffs and go six and 10 or whatever, maybe that would take it. But I, I don't, I have no imagination for what it would take for O'Brien to be fired after this trade and everything else that has occurred. What else does he need to do? I mean, does he just literally need to burn down the stadium? Well, this is a, another good question from Matt Smooth Grandma. Is this whole scheme an evil plot by O'Brien to ruin Tim Kelly as the play caller so then he can come the, uh, claim the play calling next year? And I think there's your scapegoat for whenever the Texans offense, if it's worse last year. It's not because they trade DeAndre Hopkins. It's because Kelly was new and was kind of learning you know, how, he, how it goes and trying to figure things out. You know, Mike Brable. Rick Smith, Brian Gain, Ro- Romeo Cornell, there's always a scapegoat. Bill O'Brien has never been at fault for anything ever in his life. Again, there are two guys right now who are prominent in my life who have done nothing but fail up, and Bill O'Brien is the second one of those. And it's just unbelievable because he's always going to find somebody else to blame on. The bug doesn't stop at Bill O'Brien's desk. It stops at somebody else's. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, there's been no accountability. I mean, like, yeah, it's amazing how he's been able to leverage everything and you know, stick around or whatever. Uh, the other question from at Smooth Grandma was, if Will Fuller goes off this year, does Houston pay him $17 million a year, or do they trade him for a third-round pick in Adrian Peterson? <laughs> I love that one. I saw that one. That was great. Um, Will Fuller might one day have a season where he gets 1800 yards receiving and 14 touchdowns. He might, I would not bet on it. If he does, if he has a season like that, I would trade him quicker than I could think because that's going to be a massive outlier in his career. Yeah. I mean, if he played 14 games, I think he could pull it off, but it's just, a, it's always a health thing with him, you know? And like, he's, he's better than like just being a deep threat. Like he's a legitimate, you know, number one wide receiver. It's just a health thing for him. Yeah. No, I, I, I trade him because he, I, again, I'm old. The guy he reminds me of is this dude named Chris Brown, third baseman for the Giants back in the 80s and 90s. And he was just a fantastic hitter. He could he could actually play the hot corner, but he couldn't play more than like 60 games a season. That's Will Fuller. And you can't pay a guy like that a lot of money. Yeah. I think it kind of reminds me of, I think Deshaun Jackson's an easy comparison, but Jackson was healthy for the beginning part of his career. But I think like how they offer the offense and how their speed opens up everything else and um, and how much the dramatic difference they make on, on a team as well, too. Uh, the next question Smooth Grandma had is, and I, I love this one. I have it written down on a notepad on my wall for next season. Y'all should nominate a fringe player to carry on the monk gear, a uh, big play something to help us smire, smile through the years a future Sunday. So every year we have to have a big play. So-and-so I think big play <laughs> Eric Murray sounds pretty good right now. Um, big play Jalen Watkins sounds pretty good right now. Big play David Johnson sounds pretty good right now. I like it. I really love that one. 
Yeah, we got we got to keep that one. All right, the next oh, clip. Okay, go ahead. I, I don't have a nomination for that yet because dude has to earn it. Yeah, it's true too. Texans thought said big play Martin, but I don't. It's not fringe enough, you know. Yeah, it's not. He's gonna be too important next year. And that was the other player I forgot too about the path for the Texans having a good pass defense next year. It has to be Jacob Martin having nine sacks or whatever, you know. He has to turn to Elvis Doomerville in the offseason. Which means putting on like at least 30 or 40 pounds. Maybe so, yeah. Or like, or, and learning how to turn your speed into a bull rush, you know. Right. Uh, but we'll see if that happens. The last question we have here for tonight is from at Smooth Grandma. One last one. But if slash when O'Brien's let go, what are the odds the Browns hire him as the head coach? That who's the head coach? Bill O'Brien's the head coach of the Browns one day. I I don't I gotta honestly say at this point in time, I don't think Bill O'Brien gets another head coaching job in the NFL. I don't. I think he's such a laughing stock that I don't think he's gonna get another shot. I think this is it for him. And I think that's why you see these desperation kind of moves that I think he kind of knows this internally. Um when you when you start seeing like the the um tweets that everybody's laughing at bill o'brien and that you know they consider him a mark at this point in his career i don't think he ever gets another shot i I, I, that's just my take i and i again i'm i'm gonna be very biased about it because he's been so bad but how do you hire a guy who's been this terrible for this long yeah Uh, well you know what's gonna happen right Yes, because he's a mediocre white guy. He's going to get another job somewhere. No, no. What's going to happen? He's going to coach. Like, I'm trying to think. He's going to coach in the college again one day. So you're going to. It's going to be. It's going to be Saturday night, and you're going to be flipping through the television, and O'Brien's going to be coaching the University of Arizona, or it's going to be you know Sunday, Saturday at eleven o'clock in the morning, and he's going to be coaching the Kansas Jayhawks. That's what's going to happen. Whenever he's gone to Houston, he'll probably go back to college, and when like seven games to go to a bowl every year and then inflict a pandemic of just terrible quarterbacks onto the NFL, <laughs> like Matt McGloin and, uh, and uh, Christian, Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg and all these other guys that he inflicted upon. And you still see them pop up here and there. And uh, like Hackenberg came and play in the AAF, which was unfortunate because I was going to go see him play. And he lasted, I think one week, you know, but I think that's what's going to happen with Brian. If he does get fired ever, he'll just, co- he'll just like go and coach Kansas or, uh, or Arizona, you know, some like, you know, mid big five program like that. I can see that. I, I just don't think he's going like to coach Northwestern. The NFL again. I think he'd be he, great in Northwestern. That, yeah, because he's got that pseudo intellectual thing going for him. Exactly. So that would be a good match. He went to Brown, yeah. you know, they don't care if right. he wins five games. You go to a bowl game, he gets to keep his job forever. Like a right. bowl game is going to the wild card round, uh, losing the wild card round of the playoffs, you know. He'd be right. fine there. No, you have to worry about making a Big Ten championship at all. You can get oh. gritty quarterbacks, like two-star quarterbacks from uh, Norma, Illinois, who can start for you. And who run like four, nine, forties. Yeah, who are tough, yeah. smart, and dependable. Right, and tall and white. We got it. We got it. Well, it's it's either tough, smart, and dependable or tall, white, big arm, and stupid, you know? <laughs> and slow, and slow. Don't forget that. And slow. Very important. Yeah, there's two different molds, but so that's our yeah. show. That's not gonna be our show for tonight. Uh, maybe they sign somebody this week. Maybe we can figure out something to talk about next week as we're all you know locked up or whatever and working from home. And um, it's been it's been weird, but it's 
you know, hopefully you enjoy the show and keep listening and at least, or hopefully not necessarily that I said that incorrectly. Hopefully the show is enjoyable enough that it helps you pass the time while you're locked in your room and, you know, staring out the window and hoping for, you know, better days. <laughs> hoping for the sweet end of better death. Yes. Yeah. The sweet end of the Corona, Corona 19. So we can have a, so maybe we can have a summer for a little bit before it comes back in September. That's right. That's right. That's all I can hope for now. Uh, but until later this week, we'll have another show. I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Battle Road Radio. And thank you for being on tonight, BFT.